Welcome to another episode of the Redeemed Man Podcast. The goal of the Redeemed is to provide a supportive community where all men can open up about challenges, worries, and failures, and celebrate their triumphs over those struggles. We hope you find this episode informative, relevant, and most of all, inspiring. Enjoy. Welcome back for another episode of The Redeemed Man. I'm Nate DeBerry, and today I have with me Matthew Sanchez and Corey O'Segan. Matthew, uh, as some of you may know, is a part of our team here at The Redeemed. He helps us with videography, and he is a communicator, a visionary, uh, all kinds of things that Matthew can be known as. But most of all, he's friendly. Uh, He makes everybody feel good about themselves. Corey is a captain in the Army, uh, and he um, is very into endurance sports, um, quite the the race the um, runner, so we'll talk maybe a little bit about that. <laughs> I don't know it, if I would say that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> even went all the way to uh, Hawaii recently for a race. So. Exactly. You ran to Hawaii? I, I swam to Hawaii and oh, I raced when I got okay. there. Wow. Um, but welcome to the show, guys. Well, Lord Nate, first of all, Thank you for saying all those nice things. I mean, you said them before, but not like that. That's, <laughs> that's really nice. We got to do this more often. So you can well, say more we'll, nice we'll try it. We'll try it. And, and I hope I say some nice things. You do, you. Nate, but never like that. I never heard you call me a visionary. That's really nice. It's because I'm here. He's being extra nice. That's what it is. That's, <laughs> nice. that's a compliment coming from the boss guy. So. Yeah. Well, we're going to jump right into what we've been talking about. We've been talking about relationships, and uh, both of you guys are single currently, mm-hmm. um, at least you know, you're not married. You don't have, uh, yeah. nobody has a ring on their fingers. Yeah, so I do have a girlfriend. May, yes. if you're listening, I do have a girlfriend. Yes. I'm <laughs> we'll get into on talking it. a little bit about the girlfriend and, and kind of relationships, but welcome to, uh, another topic where we're going to delve in really to the relationships and talk about being single. So you guys, uh, are going to help our audience understand a little bit about the challenges that single guys face and some of the, honestly, I think benefits, because a lot of people see it as all negative, but mm. I think there's some positives to being single too. Mm. So first question, <clears throat> do you want to? By the way, I just want to say, he said he had a girlfriend. I'm working on it, <laughs> but I'm not like fully single. I'm just, you know. So first question is, do you guys want to get married? Oh, of course. Yeah. I think that's uh, always been a desire of mine. I remember when I was in... Um, now look, now this is not crazy, okay? This is the real deal. This is this is honest truth, okay? I was in middle school, and I would definitely tell like my peers that I was married, and I had a son named um, David, <laughs> and I would show them That's pictures. So uh, I'm sure I would show them pictures of my little brother. No, uh, my your little son. nephew who no. looked like me when I was a baby, and that was your. So son. it kind of just worked out, yeah. Nate, does this surprise you at all? No, it really does he, it. This he's is the 10 guy. Years who, old now, so. This is the guy who was also <laughs> Michael Jackson when he was. Yes, up, so. I did. That was my. It's back in my skinny days. Yeah, Corey. Oh. Well, yeah. Ready? First of all, thank you for having me and well, saying all those nice words about oh, me as well. Glad to um, have you. But yes, sir. Absolutely. I um I do want to get married. I've wanted that for a long time. Ever since I was young, can't remember not wanting that. Wait, how old are you, Corey? I'm 32. Okay, 26. Just making sure. Big age gap. Okay. <laughs> You got a lot of wisdom over here. Yeah, sure. I, I just, I, I just want people to know that, you know, it can happen if you're in your 20s and 30s. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. it can happen. Mm-hmm. So I, the next question is, have you guys dated much? What's your experience with dating? And what have you learned through that process? So um, mm. obviously we just brought up age. So 32, 26. Talk up a little bit about what that's been like and the journey of dating. Um, dating. 
Dating sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, it depends on who you're dating. It sucks. Um, I wouldn't necessarily. You talk, you talk about you like like my own personal dating yeah. life. Yeah, your own personal. Life. Um, I haven't dated that many girls. Let's just. I'm not like one of those guys that just um, has a new girlfriend every year. All the girls that I've dated, I don't even know that some of them are really actually like stamp dates, but I can count on my hands. Yeah. And the reason that is because I was I just was raised in a household that was very, very serious about who you choose to spend time with. Which is good. Not even dating wise, but just as a friend. Um, so dating Kudos for me to your family. Huh? Kudos to your family. Praise the Lord. I mean, dating for me was never a game. Yeah. It was always an intention behind it. And now that I'm a little bit older, that is marriage. But before I didn't know what yeah. the intention was, I was just making sure that, listen, I'm not I'm not going to play with you. You're not going to play with me, right? So, What's the so, biggest thing you've learned in the process of dating? Oh, man, I'm learning it right now, Jesus. Um, I think the biggest process I'm learning in dating is that you, uh, people, people, process things on their own timing yeah. so you can't make them process it when you're ready for them to process it you have to wait actually wait for them yes. and i am not always the patient most patient person i'm pretty sure you know that Nate. yes um so i'm that that's probably the biggest challenge is all right just because i process it doesn't mean that she processed yeah. it the same yeah. way um so what about you Corey? i'm sorry no don't be sorry that was a great answer. Um, yeah. I don't know the answer. Oh, there's to that a question. lobster on your shirt. I'm sorry. It's a crawfish, actually. Oh wow, Carlos brand it's from New Orleans. Love that. Okay, um, we gotta tag them. Yeah. No, uh, I don't know. I, I, let me tell you my story, and then you can tell me if you think I've dated a lot because I don't really know what the answer is. But I didn't date at all in middle school or high school. I was actually homeschooled through middle school, hmm. and then I went to a private Christian school, and I knew for high school at that private Christian school that I wanted to go to the army. And yeah. so I wasn't planning on sticking around and it was a small class. It was like 54 students in our class, like pretty small school and same, like I would echo kind of a similar foundation of what Matthew laid out is dating was not a game. It was very mm. serious. Mm-hmm. Like dating was always for marriage for me. And, uh, I knew in high school, I wasn't going to end up marrying any of these girls. Um, I was going to go off to the army and stuff like that. And so I never even, um, got involved with that in high school. Yeah. Mm. Same with um, school. When I was at West Point, um, I went from 2010 to 2014, and I didn't date anyone there at all. Um, I wasn't really talking to girls much. Um, I didn't start. Um, well, the percentage is pretty low, right? Of girls? It's higher now. It was uh, 14% <laughs> when I was there. Was that? Options are limited. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't my case, actually. I, not, not, girls weren't just throwing themselves at me, you know. Well, you know. I like uh, you. I mean, come on. You're a yeah, runner. So you run. I do. I, I run now. I wasn't mm-hmm. always a runner. But um, so no dating in high school or college. Um, when I was 24, I had my first um, girlfriend, and it was a very short but intense relationship. Yeah. We dated for about five months, and she was a girl who – I kind of knew from childhood, like our mm-hmm. parents knew each other real well, and I just ran into her once. Um, and we started dating, and she checked all my boxes. She was yeah. a believer. Um, she was beautiful. She mm. had great character. I, I liked being around her. We enjoyed spending time with one another. Um, and it moved really fast. And 
I proposed to her after about five months of dating her. And then we were engaged. It would have been a three-month engagement. Yeah. And she was, I think she was a couple years younger than me. She was probably about 22 and I was 24, I think. But um, she ended up calling off the wedding like two weeks before the wedding. Mm. And um, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But I think we just went too fast um, personality-wise. I'm very direct and frank with people. And I yeah. kind of expect other people to be the same with me. And so, hmm. um, and she, on the other hand was a people pleaser and didn't like conflict. And so a lot of the <laughs> nagging doubts yeah. she had, um, she kind of bottled up yeah. and didn't, didn't bring up to me. And I thought we were all good and everything was, you know, this is just oh, God given to such a God thing. Like we're on track and mm-hmm. turns out she had a bunch of doubts internally. Mm. Um, and those all burst forth two weeks before the <laughs> wedding. And so, that was ended, not really on my terms. Yeah. Um, and then I went through a season, probably um, four or five years of not dating very much at all. I mm-hmm. had a couple dates here and there. Like, let me just dip my toe back in the water, yeah. see if I'm ready for this. Um, and every time it was a resounding no of like, I am mm-hmm. not ready for this. I'm mm-hmm. not emotionally past, you know, what mm-hmm. happened. Um, so that would that all happened when I was stationed at Fort Hood, Texas. I was a lieutenant. I'm in the infantry. I was a, a second lieutenant for... Um, 3CR down at Fort Hood. It's called Fort Cavazos now, yeah. but Fort Hood, Texas. Um, after that, I came to Fort Benning to Triple C, went to Alaska. I was in Alaska for two years, and while I was there, I didn't really date much either. Mm-hmm. I was just like nose to the grindstone. I was in company command, so I was very, very busy, and very I just kind of threw myself into work. Yeah. Um, and then I went from there to, um, to back to here, uh, to Ibolik, where I work now, um, after company commands and that was about three years ago. And I was like, all right, I got to get back in on this. Like I got to start trying, you know, if I'm, I'm going to die alone, I don't want it to be my fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I started dating again, uh, met a girl on hinge up in Atlanta, dated her, um, for about six months and I was feeling it. I was like, yeah. this is awesome. She's Wait, great. what is hinge? Is that like a dating app? Or something? It is. It is like a dating app. Oh, okay. It's up there, you know, Bumble, Tinder. Oh, hinge. oh I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's a way, it's a method. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, met her. She was a believer too. Um, we dated for about six months and then she called it off. Um, she broke up with me. Uh, and so again, second relationship yeah. ended not really on my terms. Yeah. Um, and at that point I was, uh, I was like, all right, God, you gotta, you gotta make this work. Like I, I, whatever I'm doing is not yeah. working. Like I don't feel qualified to give anybody dating advice. Yeah. I don't know how to read the signs. Like, um, mm. I was kind of discouraged. And so I went through another period of about probably six months after that breakup when I was just not even trying. I was yeah. like, I don't want to be set up with anybody. I don't want to go on any dates. I need some time and space to get past this. Um, and then uh, I just, I decided to start trying again. So I got back on Hinge. I got back on Bumble and I started going on a bunch of dates. Wow. Um, Man, shout out to Hinge. I know. Jesus. And, and, and Bumble. Don't wow. Bumble. Sounds like a Hinge commercial, Yeah, right? we need a sponsorship with Hinge. It's a great, well, look, they sort people for you. So you can be My like, I want word. a Christian, I want a conservative, you know, whatever you want, yeah. whatever yeah. your desires are, it'll filter mm-hmm. for you. So mm-hmm. that's really cool. Um, but I started dating a lot, and this is fall, when was this? Fall of 22. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going on a lot of first dates and I say first dates because almost none of these girls really yeah. met my standards. Yeah. Um, for what I was looking for, mm-hmm. there were awesome people. Yeah. Um, but just not what I was looking for. I knew right away and I was very like decisive and clear with people like, Hey, this is a blast. Like 
but I won't but be no. asking you on a second date. You know what I mean? I, I'm a big believer in like shutting that door firmly and not leading people on. So I went on a bunch of dates like that. And then I probably did that for three months. And then I got frustrated with it. And I was like, this isn't working. Like these apps, it's just not working. It's getting me I'm in a bad headspace. My yeah. purity's starting to slip, you know, like, and so I took another hiatus from the dating world, started training up for a selection, which I went to um, this past March. Um, and that was kind of, I don't know if this is rele- relevant, but I'll tell it just in case it is. I've always wanted to go into like the special ops yeah. side of the army. Um, in 2018, I tried to go special forces. I went to special forces selection, made it to the end, but that was a non-select. Yeah. Um, so that door closed. And then again, this past year, I went to the long walk, which is Delta force selection. Yeah. And once again, I made it to the end <laughs> and then I was a non-select and, um, and I took it in stride. You know, I've learned, um, how to rely on God during seasons of disappointment yeah. like that yeah. and stuff. And just take that as a, as a, a door closing. That's a no. It might be disappointing, but his plan's better than ours. So mm-hmm. after that, I was like, okay, this whole special ops thing is just not in the cards. Um, I need to start going on dates. And, and I'd been going to Church of the Highlands um, for a couple of years. Yes. At this point. Love Church of the Highlands. Um, and there's a lot of beautiful women at Church of the Highlands and a lot of handsome men. Uh, and thank a you lot for, of, thank, uh, you, yeah, thank you for saying that. Prime so example here. Um, so sweet of you. I had a lot of people trying to set me up uh, with, with friends and, and gals at church. And I was kind of like, no, no, I'm kind of focused on selection right now. Um, and then when I got back, I was like, okay, I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, ready. Gonna, I'm ready to like start pursuing somebody. Mm-hmm. And I had somebody in mind. I'd met her two or three months before selection. Um, May Manley. Um, the beautiful May Manley. Um, but I knew her through mutual friends at church. So I asked her on a date. We started dating. This was in April of 2023. Um, and we've been dating ever since. So wow. getting back to your original question, have I dated much? I've dated three girls seriously after college and I've been on a lot of first dates. Yeah. And so that's kind of like my dating story. And I, again, disclaimer, I do not feel qualified to give dating <laughs> advice or single advice, but well, I appreciate you uh, asking. <laughs> well, that's part of the fun to me of the whole conversation, because I think at the end of the day, I would be nervous if you did feel like you were an expert. Yeah. <laughs> because it probably wouldn't be somebody who necessarily yeah. want on the show talking about relationships. Because I think at the end of the day, relationships that are healthy and God-centered and come with a lot of trepidation and you often go along the way and go, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uncertainty of going, I'm going to put my faith and trust in God Mm. in this relationship and see what God's doing. And it sounds like that's exactly what you've done, but I hear in there a lot of rejection. Yeah. I mean, I get honestly, I mean, when you think about um, a proposal ending two weeks before, uh, a relationship in Atlanta ending, and then all the things that you go through with the army as well mm-hmm. of just like, all right, you're not getting selected. Mm-hmm. How have you handled and navigated that rejection in your own life and really given it to God? Or, or what's that look like for you? Yeah, it's been a journey. Um, and I think I've handled them all differently. Like my first big rejection with um, the broken off engagement, I did not take very well. I felt um, really let down and it took a lot of wrestling with God of like, you know, just conforming to his will and, yeah. and a deep belief in his sovereignty. And, and one thing I found with all four, you know, the two selections and the two relationships that were broken off, um, not on my terms. Um, I found that my greatest source of comfort is God's sovereignty and God's mm, plan and, mm-hmm. and a trust in the fact that like 
his plan might be different than yours, but it's better. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? He works all things together for good, as mm-hmm. painful as it is. And I may not know why all this stuff is happening to me now. I may not know in five years. I may not know in 10, I may never find out until heaven, but like a deep trust in um, his plan for my life is what has like kept me sane, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, and I have found that each time in reacting to those disappointments, when I press into him and lean on him for that strength, um, it helps. And that's yeah. like a source of true comfort. Yeah. And there's a lot of good things that have come from each of those rejections. I yeah. can tell you stories about guys I've been able to relate to who've gone through similar things, comfort I've been able to give, you know, perspective yeah. on life and stuff. Um, but overall, it's... um. If I'd sat down in high school and written out a book of what I wanted my life to be, it would be very different than what it is yes. now. Like I'll tell you, yeah. I um, I wanted to be married really young and started yeah. having a lot of kids really young, and that wasn't in the cards. And <laughs> yeah. I'm and well, I'm fine with way. that now, you know. And yeah. it's it's all buffed out, but um, I think that's a big part of maturing is kind yeah. of not resigning to your fate, but like just learning how to trust God in a really real way. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I was already doing that apparently in middle school. I was already having kids and getting married. <laughs> what, what I was thinking. What about you, Matthew? Have you experienced reject, rejection in relationships and how have you navigated that? You know what? This is a right on time question because <laughs> uh, rejection didn't even start as an uh, intimate relationship. Right? It started with my father. So yeah. it jumped in. So that rejection jumped into every relationship. Yeah. Because he was not there, I assume. That even if I love anybody, not just yeah. a, a, a female in relationship terms, that they would leave too. Yeah. So the problem that I had, and I'm still actually working on this, is that because I am uh, scared, not or scared that that a person will leave, I go and go and go and go and go, so that they'll stay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um. So. It's, I'm still learning how to how to just be and not rush or not assume that just because we had an argument or just because something didn't work <laughs> out that they're going to leave. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, rejection has it didn't even start with females. It started with my father. Yeah. Not being there. No, I can see that for sure. And mm-hmm. I think I just want to say, speaking in your life of like just because that happened that is not your story, yeah. and uh, God's scripting a new story, and that's the beauty of the gospel. Uh, beauty of what God does is yeah. really change our story, and what was broken, He restores. Right, and, right, um, right. You mentioned though earlier, Corey, about dating apps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so totally changing gears. Hinged, hinge. How oh, hinge? How, how do you think? Dating apps, social media has changed dating, and for the better or for the worse. Mm. Are you asking both of us? Yeah. I got some thoughts. Yeah, well, I wasn't on Hinged. I was on, um, uh, what was I on? I was on um, that Christian one. You know the Christian one? Christian Mingle? Christian Mingle. <laughs> yes, I was on Christian Mingle. Um, go ahead. So you, you, well, you're, you're the veteran at the date maps. I <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, this is my, go ahead. You give the advice first. Well, I think it's a perfectly valid way to meet people. I know a lot of happy couples who met yeah. on dating apps. Um, a lot of people use them. Most people are on them. And mm. I think you can meet really great people on there and it, you could meet the one on there. I know, like I said, I know tons of people who have, Yeah. I do think it comes with some inherent pitfalls and like things to be wary of. Mm. Um, for some of the, like the ones I've got experience with hinge and, you know, Bumble, 
I you sit there and you swipe left or right, and most people like you'll set your parameters. Like I said, like oh, I want a Christian. Or fumble becomes a fumble. <laughs> it can. I mean, you're sitting there all day. You know, <laughs> that was my dad joke. I know. I was like, <laughs> okay, Nate. <laughs> that was a dad joke. Yes. He got you off key. He Go did. Ahead. What was I saying? Um, he, he fumbled you. He tried to fumble no, the thing. Fumble my bumble speech. Yeah. I think it could put you in a bad headspace to mm. sit there and be swiping on people, which yeah. let's be honest, you're looking at their looks. You're yeah. you're you're yeah. immediately just checking out like how hot are they. Yeah. Um and I think that can start to gear your mind toward more fleshly yeah. type of things. You know, I think it can make you start thinking about women and dating in a really ungodly way if you're not mm. careful. Um and so there's that. Uh, I think it can also lead you into a lot of situations where your um, purity is going to be tested. Mm-hmm, you know, because mm-hmm. you get to direct message somebody. <laughs> yeah. It's like super low stakes. You can go meet somebody and hang out with them just once, and no one you know knows them, yeah. and no one they know knows you. Mm. And so you you can, if you're not careful, you can put yourself in situations where you're tempted to stumble. And um, I did find myself when I was doing that starting to stumble more and more and yeah. more. And that's part of why I got off it. I was like, okay, this is becoming like untenable for me. Mm. Um, because there are a lot of beautiful women on those apps. And a lot of them will, even if you set your parameters right, they'll say they're Christian, they'll say, you know, all the right yeah. things. And then you meet up with them and they are not. Yeah. And they, they just have want money. Maybe. <laughs> money. Maybe. Look at the camera maybe something for the else. people. Or maybe something else. Be careful. But you just have to watch yourself and and just like if you're gonna go that route, I would just be cautious and have like accountability partners who are really tied in with what you're doing, um, and just proceed with caution. But again, it could be great. Yeah, I don't know, Nate. I mean, I I think I, I I'm gonna probably echo everything Corey says about dating apps. I think that it, now in this generation, in this time, it is the way to meet people. Yeah. It's not all. It's not necessarily the right way to meet people, but it is the way a way to meet people, and I think you you really need to know what you want if you're going to go on the dating app, and then have the ability to say no. Yeah, like don't don't be don't be the nice guy just to go on a date because they look good. You know what I mean? Because then that can you can get yourself in a whole a lot of trouble. Yeah, a whole lot of trouble, and then pr- hopefully, God forbid, children. You know, you don't want that, you know. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like Corey mentioned though, there is that that accountability that's yeah. of what what am I doing? Because I think one of the dangers in our phones in general, which is mostly probably where we're on that app, yeah. of is it's really a a private space that nobody can step into and you can feel like it is a world where you can go and step away from the rest of the world. And that's like you can not get away re- with things yeah, on it. Yeah. And that's not reality. But the enemy does a really good job of painting it as a place that nobody knows what's happening in this space. Yeah. Even though all the things that happen in that space are forever tied to us, we somehow feel like it's not. And nobody's ever going to know. It's not going to impact us. And we can almost become somebody that we're not if we're not careful. Yeah. And and I just, my concern for people who, who go on dating apps is, I hope you're not going on there because you think you're running out of time. Or I hope you're not going on there just because you think that, um, like, there you can't meet somebody outside in the real world, yeah. um, because then that that becomes unhealthy. I think if you just if you if you're on there because I feel like dang I can't I I don't got no time to meet nobody. Well, you do. You yeah. just not prioritizing yeah. time to be out and go out as if so. Um, yeah. You asked about like how it's affected our generation and our time, and I think it's really hard to date these days 
Because, um, like, hearkening back to before I met mm. May, it's tough even at church to meet people and strike up a conversation and like, especially if you're single. Everybody think you're going. Everybody think you're hitting on everybody. Yeah, and that's the at worry church, too. Yeah, is yeah. like I don't want to. Oh, look at Matthew and Wesley. They hitting on each other, you know. But like, if you're not meeting people at church and like, you know, you can go out to bars and stuff and yeah. try to meet people, but mm-hmm. um, it's 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 really tough and it feels like there aren't a ton of options because a lot of people have just gone to the apps and they mm-hmm. just use those. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't want to be approached at gyms and they don't want to be approached mm. in bars and they don't want to be approached at restaurants. Like they expect to link up on the app and that's about it. And so I think it's, it's helped people make connections, you know, and, and I think that can be both good and bad yeah. with our generation. Um, but I think it's also like shut down a lot of the organic dating we used to see, like people setting each other up and people meeting out in public and stuff. Yeah. I think that's gone by the wayside for a lot of people my age. So how do you keep your wife pure? Is it even something that how to keep my what pure? Your life pure. Oh, okay. From crossing physical boundaries, you mean sex? Sex. Well, for other people, it may be different boundaries. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that may be the wrong boundary. I think oftentimes we say sex is the boundary, but I think sometimes it needs to be a little bit closer to Mm -hmm. home and not. Mm -hmm. You know, we're even guarding our heart Mm -hmm. of the emotions and what we're putting into because I think sometimes you can go into a relationship and not do anything physical, but have given yourself emotionally in a way that was mm. not healthy. Mm-hmm. So thinking about that, how do you guys continue to try to set up those parameters in your life? And mm. as a believer, do you feel like those, I mean, there's a lot of talk even among Christians are like, well, you know, that's kind of a bygone time of, of, you know, standards. And today, you know, as long as we love each other and we're committed to each other, then it's okay. Um, or, so what are your thoughts? I mean, there's so much that can go on with physical boundaries. As a Christian, I think it's pretty clear, but there's a lot of people that want to debate that. I'm I, I'm having a hard time understanding what you're asking, Nate. How far is too far? Okay. Um, how far is too far? I listen. You got, listen. And when you're dating somebody, you need to have conversations about that before you even get tempted. So that when you are tempted in any form or fashion, not just sexual wise, right? Then you guys know, okay, well, yeah, I, I know. And, and having conversations about it creates um it should create a healthy, boundaries. Not just about it, but a healthy space to tell for you to be able to say to your your uh, person you're dating. I'm feeling tempted right now, so we need to go somewhere else in public with a lot of people yeah. or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think when it how it shouldn't even get to any kind of farness. You need to have conversations early yeah. in the com- like before. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah I agree. Sure. I think it's important no yeah. matter where your relationship is. Mm-hmm. You gotta establish those boundaries really early. You gotta establish yeah. them with yourself mm-hmm. and like between you and God. Like this is where I will go and no farther. And you gotta lay that out with your partner. Like. Pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, maybe not first date, but yeah. like second or third, you yeah. gotta be like, hey, got- just so you know, this is how I feel about this. Um, and yeah. I think a big thing, and we kind of hit on it earlier, but accountability partners, having somebody in your life, a best friend or a, you know, someone who you can really bear everything to. Because um, if you're trying to go it alone, if you're trying to white knuckle it, or <laughs> yeah. even if it's just between you and your partner, um, you're gonna slip up. Yeah. yeah. You can't rely on each other to keep those boundaries because in the moment, you don't know what's gonna happen. And you can't just rely on yourself, white knuckling mm. it. Um, you gotta. It's got to be between you and God, and it's got to be between you and accountability partner who you can 
really be honest with and tell them everything. Cause if you don't have that, um, check in your life, like yeah. you just, you can't rely on your flesh. You can't rely on yourself and your own strength. Yeah. So how have you done that? How have you kept that accountability partner? What does that look like in your life? Yeah. For me, it's a good buddy of mine who I've known ever since high school, super close with him. Um, and we tell each other everything we, in our single days, we talked a lot about masturbation and, and our struggles with that and how it looked with, you know, whether we were struggling with pornography or other things of that nature, we were just, we would literally, like, there was a time when we were texting each other every day, like, yeah. hey, you still good? Yeah, I'm still good. You yeah. know, and we going back and forth and stuff like that. And that was a journey we went on together. Um, and he ended up getting married um, and I'm, I'm dating may but even now i'll talk to him and be like hey this is what we did like um yeah. just just so you're clear i want to be totally honest and like um letting him know what those boundaries are and uh and having him you know be honest with me yeah about when i'm stepping out of line if that happens yeah you know? no that's really good what about you matthew um yeah i think accountability is the key um but but I just keep going back to um, having the conversation. Uh, you you cannot heal what you won't talk about. Yeah. Um, and that that's not just with the person you're dating, but that's, that's right. with just anybody. Yeah. You've um, got to be vulnerable. You have to be vulnerable. I think in any relationship, the more vulnerable you are, the quicker the quicker you can get to who you really are, the better it is for both of you individually. Like don't you don't. It, but I would say that that vulnerability also you have to be careful of who you're vulnerable with. Of course, yeah. Because a yeah. lot of people will trample over your vulnerability. Yeah, and, and here's and how you, you know. Even more. Here's how you know you should not be vulnerable with somebody, or they're not your person. When you're put in a situation where you have to portray yourself, when you're put in a situation with a person, friendship or relationship wise, where you have to portray yourself. That's not your people. Making yourself somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that that's how you know. That's how you know. So that, it's, all, it's all about the conversation, really. Yeah. Uh, that prevents everything. So no, that's good. That makes sense. Oh, for okay. sure. Yeah. For sure. And it's a, a topic where I think there's so much that we could talk more about because I think as as any guy, whether they're married or single, Boundaries are super important, knowing where we're going to go and what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in a time where, uh, I mean, statistics and looking at pornography use and how rampant it is in our culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so many people, you know, one of the the things with our groups, even our small groups, the one that's probably the, gets our most attention is the one around sexual sin, because so many men are struggling with that and often struggling alone. Uh, or don't feel like there's anybody that they could turn to for help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it's super important. You know, there's been kind of a rejection against the purity culture of the past. And I think the reality of it is, is purity is super important. And I don't think there's anything wrong with purity rings or in all the things. It's just understanding that in that there's also grace. There's also when there's failure, when there's mistakes that God works in that to bring restoration and yeah. healing. Yeah. I'm sure in both of your lives, there's been stories of, oh, man, I, I messed up. And yet God has stepped in and provided so much grace mm-hmm. and worked in those situations. Like you even talk about of just seeing God's protection and his hand in your life. Mm-hmm. Now that maybe you were hard, was hard to see in the moments of some mm-hmm. of those past relationships. When you think about um, where we are today in our culture, are there any tips that you would give guys outside of accountability? 
So find a friend to talk to. Are there anything else that you do or that you know of that might be helpful in maintaining your purity? Because I think a lot of people are asking, how do I do it? Like, I don't know how. This seems like such a struggle for me. Yeah, I like I said earlier, I do not feel qualified to give advice on this, but I can well, tell you're doing you, a great job. Well, thanks. Mm-hmm. I I can tell you what's worked for me um, mm-hmm. with purity, specifically the masturbation, um, is drawing your own personal boundaries with what you think about, what you look at, far back from whatever that thing is. It's going to trigger sin, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. for me, it was Instagram, like looking at Instagram models, or you know. Um, different different channels or whatever that might start to get me thinking and like yeah. start to activate my flesh mm-hmm. and start to tempt me mm-hmm. um, throughout the day, even like in public, like, oh, I'm not going to do anything here. I'm in public. It's fine. But like that's setting up your mindset yes. for later that night when you're alone yep. and tired mm-hmm. and your willpower is low. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's about that discipline with what you allow yourself to think about and dwell upon yes. like during the day, yep. you know what I mean? <clears throat> and there were seasons where I got off Instagram completely cause I couldn't handle it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there were seasons where it wasn't that big of a problem. Um, but that includes movies that includes yeah. music, you know, that includes where you go and who you hang out with. There's going to be like little triggers that little decisions, like incremental decisions throughout your day that build up to the big decision mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, which can help you. And, and a similar thing applies to like, Going back to the dating apps, like when you're talking to girls um, who you're not sure whether or not um, they're the one or whether or not you should go on a date with them, if you start to think, if you start to feel your boundaries slipping or if you, as soon as you identify a red flag that's yeah. like, oh, this girl is not mm-hmm. the kind of character I want to be with, mm-hmm. um, shut it down right away. Don't engage yeah. with people, like going back to taking dating seriously. Like if you don't see yourself marrying this yeah. person, if you just think it would be fun to date them and maybe, you know, kiss them or whatever you're, yeah. you know, like if, if you're not in it for that end state of marriage, don't even entertain it. Shut it down. So don't good. waste your yeah. time. So don't true. waste her time. Um, cause when I was going on the dating apps, there were times when I was, you know, engaging with girls and like going on dates with girls who I knew I wasn't mm. going to end up marrying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those are the times when I would slip up. And so it's like setting, setting your own internal, like, discipline boundary far back yeah. from the cliff, if you will, um, what has been helpful to me as, as I've gone along. Makes me think of song of Solomon, don't awaken love. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, mm. don't awaken the things in our life that we shouldn't be mm. we're putting there going, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't really, I'm not going to pursue this girl, mm-hmm. but we mm-hmm. put ourselves in a situation where, Oh, we have made out. And then, mm-hmm. well, Oh, the boundaries are being crossed because, you know, I have not protected myself. I've not protected her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I'm just echoing everything you're saying, because even though you think you're not good at advice, this is really good advice. <laughs> um, I, listen, it, I think it is really so important to uh, know what you want as a man. First of all, let me just say this. So what is it? What are you looking for? I want to know what's Matthew looking for in a girl? Let me finish this. <laughs> and I'll tell you, because that's long. Um, I think, first of all, in any man, before you start dating, you need to be cultivating something. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't, you need to be working on something in your life that is calling you higher mm-hmm. or challenging you before you start dating yeah. anybody. Because um I just I just I, I heard this guy. Uh, on TED Talk, I forget his name, but he said the elevation of a man 
is because of a woman. That makes sense? Yeah. So a man, the higher a man goes, it is he he is high in his career, in his life, and anything, because he has a great woman behind him. Hmm. And I think in order for you to even understand what that means, you need to be working on something. You need to be called to something. You need to be giving your time to something so that so that this relationship doesn't become your life. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, I think it um, definitely makes sense because I think there's a lot of people that feel incomplete unless right, they have somebody. Right, right, right. the reality of it is, is we need to be pursuing the Lord, pursuing right. the things of God, preparing ourselves for it. Right. And sometimes we can get so caught up in finding right. that person that right. we just— it consumes us. Right, right. So in saying that, I am looking. I'm not looking for much, though. I'm not like, I don't have you a long. You said you had a long. You said it was yeah, going to take a while. <clears throat> I don't have a long list. I'm just like, I don't have. I used to have one, but I don't have one now. Um, I really just I, love the Lord, love people, and um, man, uh, understand who I'm called to be. Yeah. I think that's really big for for anybody who's dating. Like you need to understand what you're called to be, and you need you need to understand what she's called to do. So, because it, it, I think for together it, it makes y'all it brings y'all closer together. Yeah. You know that makes sense. Yeah. Like, does that make sense for it? It does. Okay. I think, kind of to piggyback what I think you're saying, a lot of people put dating on like a pedestal. They think, yeah. As soon as I get the girl, then it'll all be like you're yep. saying. People feel incomplete. Life's they think, complete. That I'll be happy then. You know, and I think that they almost, almost like want it too bad. You mm. know, like they're just desperate for something, mm. and they're willing to settle, and they're willing to compromise, and mm-hmm. they're willing to. Mm-hmm. And I think when you, when you stop holding that dream or that desire so tightly, and I like to think of like Abraham and Isaac, like God told Abraham to put Isaac on the altar mm-hmm. and, and kill him. Yeah, and that was a test for Abraham to see how much faith he had, mm-hmm. uh, and he did it. And I've done that with like my dreams, like we talked about the rejection in the army and we, yeah. the rejection with relationships. And like when that rejection comes around, you have to take that dream you've had for yeah. probably years. Yeah. For mm-hmm. me, it was years mm-hmm. and just lay it on the altar. Be like, all right, God th- here, you can have it. Like I'm not hanging on to it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not tight fisted with this Yeah, because I think that's the place God wants us to all get to. Um, and I think when you're holding it with an open hand like that, you can still want it. You can still pursue it but not be like, I need this. And if I don't get this, I don't know what I'll do. You know, because like I've definitely had that thought before. Yeah. Of like yeah. Desperation. And, yeah. And and God, you you bet you better hope that this is you are pursuing in a in a godly way. Because if you are not, it will not end well for you, my friends. Uh, I heard this quote that says, if you pursue something out of the will of God, then you will be responsible in carrying it without his anointing attached to it. Yeah. So if you are dating or you're thinking about dating, you better be praying and asking God if this is something you even should be doing right now. Is it because you this may not be something you want to this may not be God's plan for you right now. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you need to be single for a while to understand to love yourself and understand what you're called to, and then bring somebody else into the mix. But don't expect don't expect relationships to heal your broken patterns. Yeah. Or don't expect a relationship to um be even responsible for um building you all the way up. Pastor Kyle, I had him I, I was talking to Pastor Kyle one time, Pastor Kyle Jackson, who's the campus pastor at Church of the Highlands in Columbus. He said the the number one thing that ruins relationships are false expectations. 
Like I expect you to know how to heal me, yeah. and I expect you to know what to do. And, and and I think that goes right into knowing what you want, right, yeah. and knowing if this is God's will. Um, so praise. That's all I can say. Praise the Lord. We talked a little bit about accountability, and I would like to know, as we're talking about relationships, we've been talking about, obviously, relationships, the opposite sex. We've been talking about to married couples, but how do we cultivate good mm, friends as guys? How do we get to know each other? How do we maintain those relationships? Because I think as guys, sometimes we're the worst at that. I think, Corey, you probably have experienced in the Army. I think, I think oftentimes in the Army where you're doing something together you can have mm-hmm. great relationships yeah, or shoulder a, shoulder a bonding sports yeah. team but i think oftentimes we miss that in the church yeah. and in christian community how do we change that and how do we maintain those relationships that are super healthy for us as guys mm. i think in my experience the hard part isn't starting friendships it's like maintaining them yeah because especially for guys like me in the army, you move around a lot. Every two or three <laughs> years, you're moving across country or somewhere you're deploying or something yeah. else, and you're like mm-hmm. constantly joining new units and switching to other units, and people are coming and going. Um, and so the hard thing is to like stay in touch with people. Um, and it takes work and it takes effort. It takes like you know picking up the phone and calling somebody on a Saturday or like texting them on a Monday, like yeah. "Hey man, mm-hmm. thinking of you, praying mm-hmm. for you today," you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it takes like effort of like going to see them. You know, yeah. like, hey, we're both home for Christmas. Let's let's go get a meal or whatever. Yeah. Like, and most of my closest friends, like, I probably have four or five like really close friends who um, I talk to often. Um, and it's not like I say it takes effort, but it's not effort because we like yeah. hanging out together right. so much and we have so much history and we like talking so much that it's it's a joy to like carve that time out and mm-hmm. like let's just chat on the phone for mm-hmm. an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, or like let's visit with each other. Um, and so I've I haven't had to. Most of my close friends I've known for years and years and years. Like my buddy John, I've known since I was a kid. My buddy Levi, I've known since high school. A couple of buddies from college who, um, you know, I still keep in touch with. Um, I got a friend named Levi, by the way. It's a great name. Yeah, it's Biblical. a great name. It is. Um, Love it. But yeah, friendships started with like, you know, shared um, interests and shared circumstances and time. You know, you enjoy spending time together, yeah. so you do. And then it, it grows from there. And vulnerability is part of it. Um, yeah. But like, the hard thing is that keeping in touch and it takes two to tango, you know, they got to yep. want to keep in touch for too, sure. but mm. it's the effort of actually reaching out periodically and, and making time to go visit them on your long weekends and stuff like that. Isn't it true though? Like we talked about, even the, we're looking for a spouse of finding somebody that we're compatible for that. We need friends who have the same values as well. Yeah. I heard somebody say, once you become the <clears throat> average of all the people you spend time with, like if they're good influences, it'll, it'll raise you up. Yeah, and if they're yeah. bad influences, it'll tear you down. And so, and that's not to say you should never hang out with right. people who are different, you know, because like we're called to minister yeah. and to evangelize and be, you know, be truth and light in the world and not be like separated from them. But I think people you bring into your circle of trust, people you spend a lot exactly. of time with should be people who are going to help edify you and, mm-hmm. you know, help you yeah. to represent Christ well. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Um, I, I think that uh, who you hang around is eventually who you'll become. And there's this quote that I, I say all the time, and it's so true. Um, and it says, the next 10 years of your life will be the same, except for the people that you meet, the things that you experience, the books that you read, and what you tell yourself when nobody's watching. Yeah. Hmm. And I think um, that quote is so true because with without people in your life, 
then none of those things can be possible without it, you know, because you need people to have experiences. Yeah. You need people to 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 help you when you're down. And you listen, you know what's really important for any guy friend? You need a guy friend who's gonna tell you like it is. Yeah. No tell doubt. you when your breath stank, <laughs> tell you when you shouldn't be pursuing that girl, uh tell uh, tell you when 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 you stank. Just really, you need somebody to tell you like a TI is, really. Uh, but you also need somebody who's going to build you up. Yeah. You also need somebody who's not going to just tell you uh, tell you the truth, but just going to build you up. And you need somebody who's just going to listen. I think that's I think that's the biggest thing every man needs is somebody in their life who they just listen to them. Yeah. You don't always have to give advice because sometimes I don't need advice. Sometimes I just want you to listen. That makes sense. Yeah. So, couple more questions. The marriage or uh, relationship that you look up to, or that you would like to model your oh my gosh, future marriage after. Oh, well, I would have to say my parents, like um, my dad and mom, like they are just the ideal as far as I'm concerned. They they complement each other. They work well together. They're absolute partners in crime, you know. And they they just mm. I just love how well they communicate with one another and how much fun they seem to have together. And they're always on the same page. And I think that's taken years. And, and yeah. you know, they've been married for a very long time now. <laughs> um, probably like, I don't want to guess. I bet it's like 35 years they've been married yeah. now. Um, and so that's taken work. I'm sure it didn't start off that way. But the way they are now and the way they raised me and my siblings, like I just look up to it so much. And I, if I can have just like 10% of that, I'll be so happy, you know. Matthew? Listen. My grandparents set the standard. Hmm. My grandmother and grandfather. Now, this is a story I tell. So if anybody tell you a different story, they're lying. <laughs> My grandmother and grandfather met when they were 14. They broke up, um, married other people, had children by those other people, and then found each other again and now been married 50-plus years. 50-plus years. 50-plus years. So I don't know the exact, it's 51. I don't know if it's 53 or it's 50 plus. I know that. So for me, that is, that is the marriage that I hope to emulate one day. Because even though they cuss and fight, now they don't physically fight each other, but they cuss. My grandmother's a cuss, okay? <laughs> My, I'm telling you, she is. And I know you didn't, you didn't see it. Don't tell her. Don't even mention that. He ain't seen no video. <laughs> But what I'm saying is, even though they have their moments, the best the best thing I've ever seen them do is, at the end of the day, they always dissect the day with each other. Yeah. Mm. And I remember being little and being in the rooms, <laughs> like sleeping, because we all kept the doors open, because yeah. you don't close no doors around that house, okay? No, no closed doors around that house. You don't do that. That's against the law. But the door always be open. I would hear them discussing how the day was and I would hear them like give the roses of the day and the thorns of the day. And I thought for me, that was the best thing. Um, so their marriage set, they, they mm. set the standard for me, my grandmother and grandfather. Two awesome stories, two awesome images that you guys have from yeah. your family, which is pretty powerful. That yeah. You have those stories yeah. from your family. And I think, you know, hopefully in our culture, we can continue to set great models for, for young people and yeah. to and people that really want to be married and what that looks like. Because I think there's a lot of unhealthy marriages out there and a lot of fear based on uh, so many broken marriages. But there's also some really good, solid yeah. marriages and even yeah. second marriages that people are in that just, you know, are model of God's goodness, His grace and communication. So. Yeah. 
Last question, question we ask all of our guests, what does redemption mean to you? Redemption. You first. Okay, okay. Redemption means to me second chance. You can get it right again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Uh, it means it means new beginnings. It means, um, um, oh wow! For me, redeem means that I am flawed, but I can get up and try again. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. To me, off the top of my head, it, it means like I'm not going to get what I deserve, which is death yeah. and separation mm-hmm. from God, mm-hmm. like because of. Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Mm. He died for my sins. Like I'm going to get to go be in heaven with God forever. And I don't deserve that. And the things I've done in my life, the mistakes I've made, I I should not have my ticket punched, but I do because (laughs) of what Christ did for me. And that that means the world to me. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being on the show today. It's been a blast. Uh, we'll definitely have to try it again. I'd love to have y'all back on the show. Love that. Uh, just because there's so much conversation I think we could have together. Thanks again, Matthew and, and Corey. It's just been a pleasure. Thanks for having well, thank us. Thank you, Nate Dog. We want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Redeemed Man podcast. We hope you come away with this episode feeling energized and better equipped to face life's challenges. Join our exclusive newsletter. Sign up today and be the first to get notified on upcoming podcasts and new resources. Above all, we hope you remember that no matter how broken you feel, God's love is for everyone and hope is within reach.